0: build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith. Well that is the question and this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here then welcome. Today my My guest, my featured, powerful, awesome guest is Michael Kwan, and Michael is a dedicated family man. We got to start with that because that matters. He's a financial coach, and he's the best-selling author of The Fire Planner that helps people to retire early and accelerate their journey to financial independence. Michael Kwan, you can find him at financiallyalert.com, financiallyalert.com. Michael Kwan, welcome to your first 100K, top 100 podcasts in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Well,
1: thanks so much for having me, Jeff, Joseph. It's just a phenomenal opportunity to be here and get to speak to your listeners. You're doing just phenomenal work, helping to reach, even if it's just that one. And so first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for that. and. I think you made a mistake. You're not, I think, top 100 anymore. Now you're top 10. So let's just be clear on that, right? (laughs) But I'm trying to
0: stay humble, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You're ruining it.
1: But as a financial coach, I go by the numbers. So numbers (laughs) speak for themselves. (laughs) With that said, Joseph, thanks so much for having me on the show. My name is Michael Kwan, and I'm a financial coach that helps people to find financial independence in their lives. Now, the reason why I think that's important is because once we remove the equation of money and we start really finding abundance in our lives, I believe that we get to tap into God's true calling for us to really explore our talents and even explore some of those fears that might be holding us back. So if we can get money out of the way through entrepreneurship, through investing and saving, through real estate investing, then I think we can set it up, we can automate it, and then we can focus on the things that matter. So that's what I'm really here to share with you guys is to really give you some of that insight that, you know, sometimes life gets a little messy, at least in our eyes, right? I think God has a bigger purpose, a bigger plan. However, in the times that we're down and deep and not really quite understanding what's going on, it can be helpful to sit back, strategize, and then push forward and deal with the results and do it in a very systematic way that I think guarantees, not, not necessarily guarantees, you can never guarantee anything, right? But I think that gives you the best optimal chances of having financial success.
0: All right, startup nation. Are you ready to get past the financial problems in your life so that you can fully step into God's calling? Now, of course, that doesn't mean you can't step into God's calling right now, even in your financial woes and crises. As a matter of fact, you want to bring God into that, don't you? You want to surrender all that crap to him. And stop carrying it yourself, playing God in your own life, like you're somehow going to figure this all out. The second you realize you don't have to figure it out, and God will, if you just give it all to him, man, freedom, 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 people. All right, Michael Kwan, uh, take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Yeah, Joseph, one of the things that most people don't know, they
1: see all these so-called accolades on my bio page, but what it doesn't say is all the fear that I had to walk through in order to get to those steps, in order to get to those, you know, different goalposts. And what I really want to share with your listeners is that a lot of times we feel alone in this space and we don't have to be alone, right? We've got other people, we've got God, we've got people that we can call on that can help us to move us forward. People like yourself, Joseph, that can help uplift you and put yourself into proximity of people that can really give you that additional drive and that additional persistence i think is just a phenomenal way to live life and, and explore so you know for me that's that's what that's what i enjoy is growing having fun experiencing new things and that's a part that people don't necessarily always see they see some of the the things in the bio but they don't really understand
0: what's really driving me so they don't know that michael kwan is secretly a growth junkie is that correct absolutely and another translation
1: for that is is secretly michael kwan is
0: a mess right a
1: lot of different times and different points in my life
0: (laughs) all right uh michael how'd you make your first hundred thousand in this business man like what was it like take us back paint us a story of year one
1: absolutely so just out of college in san diego i went to uc san diego i didn't know what i wanted to do and i had an economics degree simply because I had the fewest number of requirements in order to exit college. So I was like, all right, let's get out with my econ degree. Didn't know what I wanted to do, but I did know why I wanted to start a business. However, being that I had nothing to <laughs> go out and provide, I ended up getting a so-called corporate job in the IT space, simply because I used to take apart computers. So I thought this is the path to build a corporate career path and you know, maybe get some stock options. This was during the dot-com days. And what happened though, was I got in there, they paid me a decent chunk of change as, as a first year college student. I was like, this is phenomenal. And then the company got acquired within like, I wanna say like six or seven months. And all of a sudden I got stock options. I got another 25% bump in my salary. And I was like, this is fantastic. However, 9-11 hit shortly thereafter and the economy essentially crumbled. And my company, unfortunately, was you know right in the crosshairs we were in technology and you know the whole technology space just got hammered and so my company started imploding and as the IT guy I had the unfortunate job of basically when they went to get laid off I had to go and shut their computers down lock them out of everything and these are my friends right and so I'm seeing this like raw emotion of people just crying and like You know, seeing my friend Ark just be like, dude, I just got laid off. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Or people that have kids and they're like, I don't know, you know, what's next. I was making this huge salary and now it's like nothing. And so I started to see this and just unfold in my face. And I was like, wow, what does this mean? And so we got to the sixth round of layoffs and I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to stick around for the seventh because my name's likely going to be on there in the seventh or eighth. And so I told my friend, Mike, his name is also Michael. I said, hey, Mike. What if we just go out and start our own thing? And so we actually that day started formulating our heads, how to create our own IT consulting business. So we were doing support and integration and that's what we thought in our heads we were going to do. And so we essentially got a couple other guys from the company and we were like, "All right, let's not stick around." We went out. We didn't know what we were doing, completely blind, and we just started up our own company. Now the crazy thing is that we didn't have any clients up front. But we did offer our existing employer the opportunity to provide us clients if they wanted to, and we would pay them fifty percent of the revenues. We thought that was very generous, and they got super mad. They're like, "Are you kidding me? You can't go out there and steal our clients!" We're like, "We're not going to steal them, but if you don't have anyone to support them, because we were pretty much the whole integration team, then you know we're going to do our own thing, regardless if you you know provide us with clients or not." And they uh, they're like, "No, we're going to sue you. We're going to do all this and then we're like, okay, we're going to go do our own thing." So we left started up doing our own thing. We had a couple of contacts out there, started doing some very small jobs here and there. And lo and behold, the prior company ended up coming back to us and said, you know what, take these chunk of clients. You guys can have them. And they never asked for the 50%. So we ended up landing in the black the first year and we ended up making you know more than 100K between you know the four of us, probably maybe 200 some K or whatnot the first year. So it was literally the first year now, some of that was obviously luck and serendipity. However, it did require action, right? It did require looking in the face of uncertainty, of getting
0: laid off and figuring out, okay, what's the alternative here? Mm. Startup nation within that story are some key nuggets I find. Uh, first off is read the writing on the wall, right? In your own situation right now, are you watching, you know, something coming to a head? and uh, you're pretending it's not. Um, that's called complacency, right? Where like you see impending doom, yet you're faking that you're safe <laughs> and it's not <laughs> actually gonna hit you, but deep down you know it is. Um, Michael had the wherewithal to see it and to act uh, you know, in advance um, so that he kept the leverage for himself and for his friends there and then had the boldness to go to his current employer and say, hey, we're not going to take your clients, but we are the entire support team. So if you want us to support your clients, we're gonna do it on our own and we'll give you 50% back or you can lose everything with your clients and just lose them. Like that's a bold move. It's very aggressive actually. It's very aggressive. Are you an aggressive person, Michael? Now that you say
1: that it is kind of funny we were pretty bold on our business cards we actually had it was it was called bravura networks and the tagline was an ostentatious display of skill so I will say in the beginning in my in my younger days it was quite the uh we were quite on the offensive, I would say. You're, now, you must have been in your twenties.
0: right? I was You're in, in my twenties. This is yeah.
1: completely opposite of who I am today. However, yes, at the time it was quite bold, and we were quite uh, rambunctious in our pursuits.
0: <laughs> That's pretty awesome, though. All right, so you got you got the clients. You hit uh, several hundred thousand, right? You got in the black right out the gate doing that bold move, and then you know the, the market forces also kind of uh, assisted you with that. Um, Take us to this company, right? Uh, Your company at financiallyalert.com. How'd you make your first six figures in this, right? This is a more recent venture. You're in it now. What did that look like? Yeah, great question. So just kind of give you some
1: context, I ran the IT business for 10 years or so. And along that time, we acquired a couple of other smaller businesses, ended up taking it somewhat nationally and ultimately sold it off to a private equity company in New York um, on the tenth year, and I had a very interesting option at that point to, you know, either stay in the company and see how I could grow further or come back home and be present with my family. My daughter was one at the time. And so I took the latter option and I spent, you know the last nine years essentially home with the family. Mm-hmm. And reason why I did that was I really kind of looked at my life at that point and I said, Do I really need more? And I had built up, you know, a a decent, I got a decent chunk of change in equity um, from the sale and I put it into some cash flowing real estate. So I got some of that passive income to cover, you know, what I was making otherwise. My wife's a school teacher, so we still had her salary as, as well. And so the reason why I tell you this story is that as I was, you know, being present with my family, it was phenomenal, it was fantastic. We wouldn't trade it for the world. And I decided, you know what? There's more for me to do. There's more for me to give. And so I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create a blog. And I found this domain called Financial alert. And I'm like, this is a great, great domain name. So I snatched it up and I started blogging about financial freedom, about financial independence. And in the process of that, it started spawning a number of different business ideas, financial coaching, getting offers to write a book, deal with uh, Simon Schuster and all these different opportunities have come out from this one idea of just sharing with other people about how to build financial independence and financial freedom. So this first six figures, that actually took quite a long time relative to the first business, right? Literally first year out of the gate, right? We had the first 100K probably within like months. The second one, it was more about creating impact and giving back. And so it wasn't really set up necessarily to generate revenue. So I would say the first 100K probably came within the first three years. So significantly longer, right? But that wasn't necessarily the goal. With that said, you know, even to this day, it's not really, you know, generating a huge amount of income like the other company was. And and I think I'm okay with that. However, there's there's always more. I, I want to build more because I think as you build revenue and you build, you know, profits, I think that's also a sign that you're creating impact for people. So I'm still obviously trying to grow that as well. But the financial alert really is kind of the launch pad for a lot of my other businesses. I teach people also about NFTs. I've done an Amazon business, continue to invest in real estate, syndications, a number of different things. And so I use that platform to kind of share people with what I'm doing and then, you know, financially coach people as well.
0: Yeah. Thank you for explaining that to us. It makes sense. Uh, What has been the number one marketing strategy that you've used in your first or your second business or a combination of both, or you teach clients uh, that has yielded your biggest results to date?
1: Yeah, that's a fantastic question, Joseph. So the first business, because it was a service-based business, the core of that business was really built around referrals. So doing a great job for clients and then just asking, hey, is there anyone else that you know that would benefit from our services? That was really the core of what we used to grow. I would say in terms of marketing, we weren't the best. We would go out and we'd run some Google ads early on. So we got some leads from there. But it was really in terms of overall net effectiveness, it was those referrals. Those were golden. And being able just to find other people that you know needed help with their IT, that was it. Now, with regards to Financial Alert, it started out as a blog. And then has you know then evolved into you know different kind of all these little side businesses, right? Mm -hmm. And for that one, there's been different kind of periods. I've run this now for like a good six or seven years, and so there was times when I was doing a lot of SEO and really figuring out and targeting keywords, and that was that actually worked out quite well for some time. With that said, there's a lot of work involved with that, and it's very tedious. I it felt like over time, I'm like, okay, that was kind of fun, but I don't want to do this for the rest of my life because I already (laughs) got the financial event, so I don't have to. And then um, also just networking with people in the financial space is important. And publicity has been actually something that's been interesting that I would never thought I would have tapped into. However, there's opportunities where you can go out and share your story. You can go out and share maybe an idea. And publications are willing to go and help you to share that message if it aligns with them and their their purpose. So getting on things like MarketWatch or Business Insider, or even going on the news most recently in the last year, I've been on the news the last, I think, three times in the last couple of months. It's really about, you know, how can you best serve the audience? And so that's, that's what it's really kind of, I think, about in terms of building and growing an audience.
0: Mm. You know, for... A listener right now who feels ready to uh, tap into the media, um, whether it be t- television or it be print or right, online, um, what, what has been successful for you in your approach um, to get those interviews, to get those write-ups? What has been your, your great conversation starter or hook uh, that has really worked for you?
1: I think one of the biggest things is just to put yourself out there. For the longest time, I was putting myself out there with the blog, and no one knew it was there. But slowly over time, you start to kind of find people, people will send other people there, and you start to slowly kind of build this audience. And you also have to continually look for opportunities. So there's something called a HARO request, where it's H-A-R-O, this is an acronym, help a reporter out. And this is a huge email list of different reporters looking for sources for specific articles. So I was actually very fortunate when I released my book, The Fire Planner. I had this team from Simon & Schuster that talked this huge game about how they're going to do all this marketing and get me into all these podcasts and do all these great things. And in the end, they didn't do anything. And so it was left up to me to really market it myself. And so I actually ended up going after a hero request specifically the week before our book launch. Now, part of this was, I believe, God's intervention, but again, I had to do my part, right? Co-creating with God. And I ended up landing a business insert article that specific day of my launch. And I did just happen to mention, hey, I also have a book and they were willing to throw that in there. So that really kind of kickstarted the initial book launch. And then with the TV, the funny thing, Joseph, is that I'm a pretty big introvert. Like if you see me at a party, I'm the guy standing in the corner, not really kind of doing my own thing, but like not really interacting with people. So public speaking was the last thing I would have ever considered. However, I also told you guys in the beginning that I'm all about growth. So my desire to grow was stronger than my desire to, than my fear of not speaking. And so I ended up starting a podcast called Breakthrough Millionaire with a professional motivational speaker of all all people. And we've got like 143 episodes now. And really started going into this path of being okay, being terrible in the beginning. But if you do anything more than 100 times, you're going to get better at it. And so the reason why I share that story is because when it finally came time and the opportunity came to go on the news, I think most people would be terrified. And I was to a certain extent. But I was like, yeah, let's do it. And being able to know that I can go on and talk on a podcast, go on and talk on camera gave me the confidence that, Hey, you know what? I can do a news bit for three to six minutes and you know, just go in, like you said, you kind of surrender, right? Surrender yourself with God and say, Hey, it's really not about me, right? It's really about creating impact for the people that are listening. And if they're able to be served, then you don't have time to necessarily be nervous or, Fumble your words or whatever else that may spin in your head. So I think for listen for you guys, listeners is to really think about how are you going to serve your audience? And I think
0: that's the key. Mm. You know, on a side note, just for fun and giggles here, I have practiced country line dancing more than a hundred times, maybe 98, maybe 99. I still suck at it really bad. Like, I've never gotten better at that. Probably because I don't want to. (laughs) I think I just look down upon it.
1: You've got two more to go. (laughs) I know. That might be
0: the issue. It's one or the other. Um, So, a little levity there. You know, facing these fears that are standing between you and the life you want you realize that, Hey, if I want to have more impact, well, then I have to have more visibility. And if I want to have more visibility, well, then I got to face this pain. I got to face this discomfort, this awkward shyness introvertness and just lean in and put myself out there. Well, let me do it only for, where can I do it for only three minutes, right? Rather than 15 or 30 minutes. And I think taking that step is huge, Michael. And, and so many people, they just haven't taken that step. So as you're listening right now, what is that, that thing that you've been avoiding, right? That is literally the one thing left standing between you and the life you want. Like, what is it? You know it, it's like, it's on your brain right now. It's probably irritating your skull. Like, you just got to find a way to, to lean into that thing. And I used to say it this way, behind your greatest fear lies your greatest passion and your purpose, right? So it's like, what is the thing that scares you the most? If you're struggling to find your purpose, it's probably behind that greatest fear. What is it, right? Stop avoiding it, just lean in. It's temporary pain for lasting pleasure and purpose. Like, why would you not? Why would you not? All right, Michael, you know, 90% of entrepreneurs, in my opinion, they're struggling to make the first 100K. They're giving up prematurely. They're believing the lies in their head, the head trash. They just don't have the confidence in themselves. They don't have the faith or the trust in God to believe that it's going to work out for them, that they can do it too. They're comparing themselves to others. They're feeling small and less than. So they're playing small and less than. Like, What do you want to say to that listener right now that I just described? What's going to help them? You know, one of the things that really helped me
1: and continue to help me along my own journey is that God's delays are not God's denials. And when I heard that message for the first time, I was like, wow, what I had in my head and what I thought I was supposed to be at and where I was supposed to be at wasn't exactly where I was didn't mean that that's a sign to quit. It's actually a sign to push forward, because there's more for you to do. There's more for you to become, as you get to that next goalpost. And so I really encourage you to kind of look deep. And I I love what you said, Joseph, in that when we look at our biggest fears, my biggest fear, my biggest number one fear is public speaking, to be honest. And if you go back and you look at some of my original videos, maybe on YouTube or anywhere, You could see i was horrible at it however it doesn't mean that you should not do it in fact you should do it anyway because you are horrible because you know that you'll grow because you know that over time you'll continually improve ideally right you still have a choice (laughs) line dancing right still got to do that two extra two extra classes um but kidding aside there's an opportunity for you every single day to make a choice, multiple choices, right? Is it going to take you closer to your end goal and result that you want to get, or is it not? And if you lean into fear, I think the best way to remove the fear is to realize a couple of things. First, the physiological emotion of fear and excitement are very similar so anxiety like if you're gonna go let's just say public speaking is your biggest fear right and you feel this anxious feeling you're like oh my gosh am i gonna choke on stage am i gonna say something really silly on joseph's podcast am i gonna you know freeze up and not know what to to do that physiological tendency of your hands get clammy and to feel like flush and you get butterflies in your stomach that's actually the same physiological response as excitement The difference is that anxiety has a negative connotation, you're expecting a negative outcome, but excitement, you're actually anticipating a great outcome. And so once you kind of understand this, and you know this, you can actually use your own physiology to put yourself in a better place and lean into fear. So it could literally be priming yourself, it could be priming yourself with prayer, it could be priming yourself with meditation, it could be putting your hand in your heart. And you know, just saying, okay, what's, What's the greater outcome here? Why am I doing this? Am I doing this for myself? Maybe. Or am I doing it for my family? Am I doing it for the listener or for that greater impact? For the greater good of my business that ultimately serves more people, that helps to feed other people's families, that ultimately helps to serve and fix problems for other businesses that need my help or individuals if you're on a consumer level. And so really digging deep and understanding your why is the key, I believe, to getting past those fears. And once you get past those fears, you start to feel the momentum because you're like, you know what? It actually wasn't that bad. You know, I looked at, you know, looked at the dragon in the face and it wasn't that bad. And then you get some confidence. You're like, you know what? I can do this again. And I'm not going to lie. You, you'll still feel the fear. I'm still feeling it now. Right now, for me, the biggest, I guess, area that I'm trying to grow in is More public speaking is actually going on a big stage and doing a keynote and sharing with kids and college students about how to build their financial house early on, right when they get out of college. And the thought of going on stage both terrifies me and excites me, but I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to, you know, see what the market
0: says and see what God has to say about it. Right. Let's Let's call your kids program, financial Legos. (laughs) building your financial house with God, right? All right, so thank you for that. Uh, I think that's powerful what you just said. Um, You know, Jesus says in the Bible, you have not because you ask not. And then he says, or you ask with the wrong motives. And God looks at the motives of your heart, right? Which goes back to the why, like putting your hand on your heart and say, what's my motive in standing up and getting on this? Stage. What is my motive right now in making an extra six figures this year? What are those motives? Are they aligned with God's will for your life? And are you willing to wait for his timing? See, when your motives align with God's will, man, you're congruent. You feel at peace. You feel joy. But when your motives are misaligned, right, you feel angry. You feel stressed right? Anxious, anxious. So just a challenge for you, startup nation. Um, what are your motives, right? Really, uh, take that, uh, to God, sit with him. All right. Listen, we've made these people wait, Michael, patiently, patiently wait. You, I'm asking right now, help these people right now to retire early and accelerate their financial journey and their financial independence. What do you got? What are your three steps they could do? Absolutely. This week, what do you got?
1: First and foremost, you got to get the mindset right. And the reason why you got to start there is because our beliefs will lead to our actions. And your actions are going to ultimately give you your results. So if you got some of those limiting beliefs, those silly things telling you that you don't deserve to be rich. It's time to remove them. And how do you do that, right? A lot of times we grow up in an environment where we don't believe something is possible. So how do you start to believe it's possible? Well, there's a couple of different ways. I love meditation, right? Thinking and going into a meditative state to really understand, okay, what's the purpose of me building that first 100K, first $1 million? Why do I deserve that, right? And I think if my, my hallucination is that the people listening to this podcast are not in it for themselves, right? It's to build a bigger life. It's to grow yourself. It's to feed your family. It's to help other people in the process. And if you really start to get congruent with that belief, then the other ones will start to melt away. So that's where we really want to start. Now, in terms of strategy, there's a number of different things that you can do to set yourself up for success. First and foremost, I I know it's not very sexy, but taxes, right? A lot of times people put themselves in a situation where they're paying the most taxes. But if you simply set up your own business, and a lot of you are business owners, right? Being able to align yourself and create entities and structure yourself properly so that you're paying the minimal amount of taxes legally is in your best interest. But a lot of times people don't really want to focus on that. They're all trying to figure out how to drive revenue and profits, But at the end of the day, it's about what you take home, what you put in your pocket and you use to build
0: other assets. So go there for a second. What's your secret tax strategy for setting up your business? What do you got?
1: Yeah. Well, first and foremost, people don't write off things that are legitimately able to write off. So if you're going on TV or let's just say you're going out and doing something, a lot of your personal items potentially could also be business items. So... I'm not a tax CPA, but I know that there's a lot of different items that you can write off legitimately as long as it's helping your business. Secondly, as you continue to grow your first 100K and beyond, you'll start to realize that depending on your entity, you may want to shift it from like an LLC, let's say to an S Corp, because all of a sudden, then you don't have to pay some of the self-employment taxes um, that you would have to do otherwise. And so again, finding good help a good CPA, a good accountant is going to help you to navigate some of these things. So I always say, build a team that's smarter than yourself. And it'll save you tons of money. I was very fortunate that we got a very good attorney early on. And we also had very good help in terms of having a CPA along the way. So finding those different pivot points can literally save you hundreds of thousands of dollars. And when you go to sell a business, that's a whole another thing. I mean, there's different ways that you can structure your sales so that things are coming in and out at different times. And then also being aware of your own personal finance because that's affected as well. So just really getting yourself educated at a bare minimum baseline of understanding cash flow. Great book that I'm sure you've heard of before is Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Phenomenal book that really helps you kind of understand some of those core fundamentals. So as a business owner, don't shy away from the numbers. I think sometimes you might think about it and a lot of people are like oh this is too complicated but guess what it's kind of fun when you're counting money that's going to go into your pocket and uh <laughs> and build your own family's
0: foundation okay so we get our taxes right we get our business entities set up for benefiting from taxing taxes uh what about financial independence like how do we make the money what do you absolutely? Do? and so Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter how much money you make, whether you
1: make 20 grand or $200 million, if you don't save more than you spend, you're never going to build wealth. So building that mindset of growing, investing, and saving early is super important. Now, the way that I like to do this is to help people to structure it in a way that they're not missing it, right? A lot of times people are like, oh, save and budget, this sucks because then I'm like, you know, feeling a lack of or things are getting taken away. Well, here's a quick way to never feel that. If you're just getting out of college, right, and you get a job and all of a sudden your salary goes up, what if you just lopped off the first 20%? You would never miss it. You would still have an incredible jump of lifestyle, but you would be creating a seed of assets that can literally grow your entire lifetime. Now, if you're a business owner, same thing. Let's say you hit a specific growth area, right? you constantly want to be shaving off a certain portion of those revenues as profits. And so that's exactly what we did with our business. You know, I had a few other partners. And so we basically paid ourselves equally in the beginning. And then we made a fifth partner, which was the company. So they basically, there was essentially five partners, you know, the four of us, Mm -hmm. plus the extra one was the other 20% pool. And that became the profit pool. So Running your business and running your own personal finances, would be very interesting. If you look at it, it's very similar. So being able to take some off the table and invest early is super key because then you're going to be able to tap into what's called compound interest. And compound interest, all that is, is building wealth slowly, passively, and exponentially over time, because the more interest that you build on your initial base is going to start building. It's like a snowball effect. So That's really one of the keys. Now, there's a couple of other things that you can do to really accelerate things. and I talk about in the book, I call them the fire accelerators. These are the things that are going to push you to financial independence quickly, and that's entrepreneurship. If you go in and you create a great service that's impactful, you can actually accelerate your income pretty darn quickly. Real estate investing is another one that I love, and that's where you're investing in cash flowing real estate to essentially buy an asset, but also buy cash flow that's going to pay you indefinitely over time, enough so that it's going to cover your mortgage and interest. Or if you just buy it flat out, you're going to get all the cash flow. So those two are really the keys, I think, to really pushing it forward. And then having that fundamental piece in place of just always saving and investing is going to be that foundation
0: that you want to work with. All right. So is that F? F is the fundamental... Uh, Foundation, and then I is investments in your FIRE acronym. Actually, the the FI is actually financial
1: independence and then Ah, retire early. Ah, Yeah.
0: Very clever. All right, brother. What are your top three tips and strategies uh, for Startup Nation? Uh, I'm going to just ask to make $10,000 in the next 30 days. I'm just going to challenge you for them to make ten thousand dollars in the next 30 days how many of you could use that right now seriously put your hand up come on ten thousand dollars in the next 30 days michael can you help them what's your absolutely first and
1: foremost you got to do something that you've never done before you got to get out of what you're doing now and do something different so whether that's picking up the phone making some cold calls that you never made before or you know there's that one prospect that could really launch you but you've been afraid you're like thinking oh you know the time is not right i got to get all my ducks in a row i got to get this one referral before this happens forget that pick up the phone today and call him and see what happens and if they say no pick up the phone and call his buddy the other business that's the same size and i promise you that you'll get a different result if you do something different and if you don't do something different you're likely going to get the same results so that's first and foremost secondly again going out and finding those people in your network and asking putting yourself out there a lot of times even I'm, I'm guilty of this right even as i was running my business of 10 years a lot of people didn't even know in my you know bigger network what i did exactly or what services i provided so going out and just sharing what you do and and just you do a phenomenal job of sharing what you do with the podcast and helping to impact other people. And if you put your business out there, and I think a lot of times we kind of have this, you know, devil and angel on our shoulder saying, Oh, I want to help people. But then on the flip side, we're getting all this garbage saying, Oh, you're not good enough. And you know, people really don't want it. Your business is not to the point where it needs to be in order to really serve. And so shutting out that, that devil that's sitting there giving you this silly nonsense and just going for it and putting out there in, the assumption of service to others is going to get you that much there, that much faster. And then third, I think be creative. Going out there and trying something different in the terms of maybe it's marketing. Maybe it's creating a different offering that speaks to someone in a different way and just be willing to, to think outside of the box Again, this all kind of comes back to some, you know, number one about doing something different. And that's gonna really propel you to take the action necessary in order to to get that ten grand.
0: Okay. Startup nation, three steps to make ten K in the next thirty days. Michael Kwan just said make the calls you've been avoiding or procrastinating on because you're trying to get it all perfect before you even pick up that phone. Number two, tell people what you're up to. Tell them what you're doing. Just start telling people. You see a person walking past you, hi, I'm Michael, here's what I do. And then get creative in your approach, meaning do it differently. Do something differently, just change something. Be like, you know what? This part of my marketing, I'm just gonna try this random thing I've never tried before and just see what happens. All right, there's your one, two, three by Michael Kwan. All right, Michael, 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 what do you do to strengthen and deepen your faith? That's a fantastic
1: question. You know, more recently, it's really been around helping my kids who are 10 and 8 to really understand their relationship with God. And they're exploring it, they're young, and so helping them answer questions. And in the process of, I think, teaching them, you learn so much yourself, right? Mm -hmm. It's like anything else. If you teach someone you learn in that process. And so we're learning and growing together, um, you know, what it means to, to have God in our lives, what it means to serve others. What does it mean to live a life that's abundant so that you can provide for more, uh, for, for other people more around you. And, and, uh, so I think that's what it is for us. And I think it continually evolves over time, but that's where it is for us. And so right now we've got kids in, you know, the religious, religious education classes and, they're, you know, I don't know exactly what they're learning, but they come back with good questions. And so (laughs) my assumption is they're learning some good stuff, but they have good questions. They're coming back and, you know, answering those hard questions is always fascinating.
0: I I would say. Michael, welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show without the prizes. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. All right. What's your favorite thing about owning your own business? The freedom and flexibility. What's your least favorite thing? Being scared. Mm, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with right now, either professionally or personally, putting myself out there as a potential public speaker on, on the big stage. Yep. I hear that. What are you most afraid of getting on stage? All right, we got some pattern here, people. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. I think overanalyzing. I got
0: into analysis paralysis. Yeah, because it's safer to think about what you're going to do than to go take action. At least that's what your brain says. What secret fear do you have about people? That they don't want to hear what I have to say. Ooh, and there's the connect. Uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner in business?
1: That we're all connected and that this is all one big grand scheme that God has a purpose for all of us.
0: What is a new habit that you're going to create this year?
1: Speaking a lot more.
0: All right. What's a bad habit you're going to break?
1: This, my wife's going to love this one. Playing too much Candy Crush. And <laughs> Pick three words to describe who you are now. I would say adventurous, fun-loving, and
0: growth-oriented. Pick three words to describe who you were before uh, or describe who you were your first year in this business, actually.
1: I would say that I was very timid, ironically enough. I was also very fear-driven, and I was someone that was finding the approval of others.
0: Mm -hmm. And last question, Michael, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about true success, what would you say to them? I would
1: say it's not about the money. It's about the loving relationships and the fond memories that you create throughout life. That's what matters.
0: All right, there you got it, Startup Nation. It's not about the money, it's about the miracles. And the miracles happen in the relationships. All right. This is the time in the show, Michael. You get to give Startup Nation a homework assignment. What's one action they must take this week? Or they're going to answer to you. I love it. I love it. Let's go back to that fear, right? I'm going to do it
1: too. Putting yourself, what's that one action that you've been holding off doing that you know when you're listening and you're hearing this in your head right now that you're like, oh man, I really don't want to go there. But Michael's actually talking about it right now I want you to do that And even if you don't do all of it You got to do some of it Take that one step It doesn't have to be the entire thing Take a step towards that
0: today. Michael, what's the step you're going to take uh, Publicly here Committing to everyone around the world
1: Man, put me on the spot, Joseph And thank you for doing that, right? It's, it's going out and putting myself out And asking if I can get on the stage At my local
0: community college okay so you're gonna ask your local community college to invite you up on the stage to speak about financial independence yep when are you gonna do that by before friday's over before friday's over all right startup nation call him chase him down find out if michael kept his word in the matter and do the same in your life startup nation do you enjoy the show you absolutely love guests like Michael do you do you huh all right if you do go to I uh, Apple podcast or go to uh, Stitcher radio or go to first 100k.com write your five star review for Michael right now he just gave you so much value from his life that he spent a long time. Building and creating on his own. He gave you his expertise. Thank him with a five-star review, would you? Like, seriously, go do it right now. Like, take your big fingers on your phone as you're listening to this show. And write your five-star review. Uh, And I will possibly read your review live on the show. And give you a shout-out. Just like I'm about to do for... (gasps) Spin the wheel. (sighs) Handle... S-G-T space E-D, Sergeant Ed. I'm going to go with Sergeant Ed. Uh, That's what I think the handle says. Uh, He writes, all the right people are on this show, your first 100K. Joseph is perched at the intersection where so few of us make the right move to scale and achieve the impact God intends for us. I'm working toward a brand for my agency and the episode with Hannah Fitz reminded me that big brands start small and it's a mental game to move beyond the place where most businesses fail. Thank you, Sergeant Ed, for your five-star review and your wisdom to all of us here at Startup Nation. Go ahead and write yours now. Michael Kwan, where does Startup Nation go to find out more about you? Get involved, pick up your book. What do you got for them?
1: Absolutely. Joseph, the easiest way to find me is to go to financiallyalert.com. You can also find me on most social media platforms, although I'm not necessarily the best at responding, but I'm there. (laughs) But you can find the book on amazon.com as well as most Barnes & Noble stores have it locally as well. And uh, if you are interested in NFTs, I also teach a course about NFTs and how to profit from that. However, do not do NFTs unless you have some fun money.
0: Yeah, fun money, people, fun money. Michael Quant, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace and joy in your life, sir. Thank you so much, Joseph. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines?